2: Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Not necessarily the outcome we were looking for. We ended the game NYCFC 2, Atlanta United 1. You know, the energy was a little bit of what we kind of thought coming into it. We were hoping for a a little bit more momentum, a little bit more aggression, which we had at times, but overall it did feel a little iffy. We had a lot of energy and a shift in energy, I feel like, after that goal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But ultimately... You know, not enough. What were your thoughts, Jason?
3: Yeah. um, It's tough in a game like this where the disappointment that you could feel in Foxboro. We were there, and we were on the bus ride back to Providence, which is about 45 minutes to hit the airport, and then the flight. That's a couple of hours. Like, you could, without words being said, you could feel the disappointment in the team in the coaching staff, it's tough. And it's tough when you have that and then immediately a week later have to play a game like this. You know, some teams that have been knocked out of the postseason for a little while now, you're able to kind of regroup, build some momentum, try some things, you know, challenge guys. Like this is your mourning for a week in a way, and then you have to get up. for a last game against a really good opponent.
2: Yeah. Yeah, It was sort of back-to-back. And that was a little bit of what Gonzalo told us earlier this week, that although, you know, training was was going well, positive attitudes, there was still kind of that gloomy energy. Yeah.
3: I mean, he said, like, even at the beginning of the week, like, it it was hard to get going. And he said there were a lot of kind of conversations about finding ways to get going. And you saw sparks. And I think this game in some ways encapsulated 2022 in that, You saw why Atlanta United had a team that came into the season that a lot of people said could win the Supporters' Shield, could win MLS Cup. We didn't see that team ever play together. All the different injuries. And then adding some nice pieces in the summer. Look, Juano Parata, I'd love to see him here in 2023. There's an option on keeping him. He's on loan from Tigres. Tigres. Uh, is, is the Monterey-based club going to keep him in Mexico, or is he going to make his living in Atlanta now? This has been the most consistent run for him. He was outstanding today. He was. He's, he's been a huge presence, and I think one of the things that Parata brings too is that leadership and that personality. And if there's one thing that was lacking at times today, and again, it's understandable because we've seen it all year, is those moments where there was a lull, where New York City would slow the play down and, And it was hard to get going. You didn't have a lot of obvious leadership on the field. You didn't have somebody, like, walking around the teammates and kind of yelling. You didn't have anybody really demonstrative, like, trying to get the fans going. You didn't have enough of that. And it came at times through the play on the field. But you just didn't get those moments that Brad Gazan would give you, that Osvaldo Alonso would give you. You didn't get those moments that were that you need in these in these situations so
2: and do you you think that's more so because of the players or just that energy still coming off of that last match with new england it's a little
3: of both to be honest because i I think leadership has been a talking point all through 2022 when when you lose brad gazan who is such a huge personality and, and such a big presence He's one of the rare goalkeepers for me that works as a captain because I like to have my captain on the field in the middle of everything. Brad Kazan's been here from almost the beginning. He's the captain of Atlanta United. He's still acted like the captain. He spoke to the the fans after the game over the PA here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. He's the captain of Atlanta United, and you see him and you feel his presence. In those moments where the game's slowing down and Atlanta United doesn't really get going, Brad would be screaming. At- We'd hear Brad up here. Yeah, He's loud. He's going to be pointing. He's going to be waving his arms. Those little things, and it doesn't sound like much, and I'm sure there's people out there shaking their head like, oh, no, that's not what it is those are the moments that take a good team to great. Those are the moments. Yeah, it does. I mean, you've got to have those motivators in the group. And I feel like at times Atlanta United has had a bunch of kind of quiet followers. They're they're going to follow a leader, but they haven't had people step up to be that leader in those moments. You needed that today at times.
2: And do you see any of the – the newer players or any of these guys that we're talking about having a lot of potential for the 2023 season, do you see the potential for that kind of energy in any of these guys?
3: Yeah, I I do. I think you know, one big question going into the offseason, it's kind of the same that it was at the end of 2021, you would love to get veterans, been around the block in this league, who can give you some of that leadership and help mold the leadership of the young guys. Osvaldo Alonso was signed to do that. Uh, longtime veteran in, in this league. has been outstanding for both Seattle and Minnesota. Unfortunately, tore his ACL game five in D.C. That game, you lost Alonso for the year, you lost Joseph Martinez for a long period of time, and you lost Mateus Osetu for a long period of time. That game, you were 3-1-1 after that. This season looks very different if you don't lose Osvaldo Alonso. So I do think Thiago Almada you notice him you kind of follow him and and a lot of that is through his play but he he plays with a personality on the field I I think Santiago Sosa can be that now he's going to miss the first two games of 2023 after a suspension handed down by MLS for a homophobic comment he's got to learn from that but I think he's a leader yeah. he's a guy who shows some of that this is an opportunity for him to to learn from a big mistake that can make you a better leader in some ways
2: yeah and it's he seems like the sort of Player who will indeed learn from that, and I don't, you know. Again, we we spoke on we don't know how much harm there was in yeah. what he said, um, what in particular it was, if it was taken out of context. But those things are important. The training that they'll put him through yeah. is important, and as a new player and potential leader, you know, of this team in the future, that's important.
3: It's key. It's key for him to come out of this in a really good way because I think he can be a really important player for Atlanta United. And, look, you're going to get Brad Gazan back. And Brad Gazan is hoping to be back day one of preseason. I've had a chance to, to talk to him a few times over the last few weeks, and he is way ahead of what his recovery was initially kind of slated to be. And they took a conservative route on what his, what his uh, timeline would look like. At his age, sometimes Achilles injuries can take a little bit longer. He's blown past that. They've had to slow him down. That's a good sign. He's going to compete to be the starting goalkeeper. I think he walks in as the penciled-in number one. Is Raul Goudinho here next year? Don't know yet. Is Rocco Rios Novo back? Don't know yet. So
2: much up in the air.
3: Dylan (laughs) Castanera, how does he come back from an Achilles injury? Don't know. Justin Garces has been with Atlanta United, too. He got hurt late in the year. How does he bounce back? Vicente Reyes has been incredible for Atlanta United, too. Another teenager developed by this academy – he was called into Chile's U-20 national team. Is he ready to come up to the first team and, and compete? It's a really interesting offseason that we're about to go into.
2: What did you think of, um, speaking of, of these players, what did you think of Edwin's start, and did you see a difference in his playing coming off the bench versus starting in his first game of the season?
3: Yeah, I did, and I think it's something that's hard for young players to, to transition back and forth. Um, I thought he struggled at times. Uh, I thought he was a little tentative at times. Mm-hmm. When he comes in off the bench, hes it looks like he's shot out of a cannon running at, at players and trying to break opponents down. He passed back a lot here, and that's okay. I don't have a problem with passing back. Some people, that's like a cardinal sin. I have no problem with passing back to create a better opportunity, but he didn't really take people on very much, and that's what's so good about his game. He's young. This was his first start. For Atlanta United, I think Gonzalo Pineda really likes him. I think yeah. he'll go into preseason with an opportunity to be a starting winger for Atlanta next year. The the question really is the, the overall roster, and uh, it'll get us to our, our man of the match, um, which is another kind of question mark on the other side of the pitch, the left side. Caleb Wiley, we've talked about him. He's been great. He's played a lot more minutes than I expected coming into the year, but – the man of the match today, and he was the man of the match a lot this season, was Andrew Gutman. Andrew Gutman with the goal. Andrew Gutman getting forward. Talk about playing with personality. When you saw a lift in the crowd and you saw a lift, I think, in the team, a lot of times it was coming from something Gutman did.
2: Yeah, he did a lot. No. And today, I mean. Yeah.
3: And not just the goal, like the tackle over yeah. here, like going in strong for a header, colliding with somebody. They go on the ground. Gutman pops back up. The crowd gets a roar. So, again, those things sometimes get lost in the shuffle, but they're very important. Andrew Gutman is a leader by example. And he was great today, just like he's been all year. He could be your your team MVP for 2022. We'll give it a little bit of time to start thinking about that stuff, and I'm sure Mike and I will we'll have some thoughts and, and we'll come up with kind of our internal awards for the team. Andrew Gutman is right there, and he is our last man of the match for 2022. That's brought to you – by Heineken. Now, let's look at the final stats. We are hoping to hear from Gonzalo Pineda here shortly as he will talk to the media downstairs at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Final stats on the day. I got to pull this up because I was actually looking at what happened in Orlando, it in Orlando looks City. Like
2: Orlando won. They did win.
3: The Open Cup champs will get into the postseason. And you were hoping for
2: a, a, a little bit of a loss there.
3: I just like to see Orlando <laughs> suffer. Um, that that win in Orlando a couple weeks ago is is the takeaway I'll have from 2022. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that stuff in a bit in the full-time report but the final stats today and the statistical recap brought to you by piedmont an official healthcare partner of atlanta united they were a little lopsided in the first half that really flipped in in the second possession ended up 55 45 to atlanta it was the other way in the first half shots nyc 15 to 12 over atlanta both teams with four shots on target corners five four in favor uh, of atlanta Passing accuracy, better for Atlanta, 86%. New York City, 82 That pressure from Atlanta was much better in the second half. Caused a lot of turnovers. Uh, one thing that jumps out is New York City won 22 tackles on the day. Atlanta United, 19 defensive actions, 9 tackles, 10 interceptions. And Juan Jose Parata and Gutman were a big part of that, stepping into passing lanes, regaining possession. Second half, just to, to glance at that, possession was 65% Atlanta. They outshot NYC 9-6. Three shots on target versus one, uh, 86% passing, 75% passing for New York City. If Atlanta had been able to press the opponent the way that they did in the second half, if they had done that in the first half, maybe it's a different result today.
2: And the way we wanted to, you know, the way yeah. Gonzalo spoke on. Yep. He said it. He said, you know, if we don't start with aggression, if there's any bit of passiveness against NYCFC – they're going to get through.
3: I am so glad you mentioned that because it's, it's something that comes up quite a bit in terms of whose fault is it, whose fault is it not. And we're actually about to hear from Gonzalo Pineda downstairs, so hold that thought. We'll talk about it. Let's send it downstairs to Gonzalo Pineda at the podium. Back, cool. All right, we'll go ahead with questions for Coach. Our locker room is not open yet, so
2: of course you guys need to walk in. So we start with Coach here. Go ahead.
0: Uh,
3: Coach Pineda, I, I know you, you've said several times that it might be too early to, to really evaluate the season, evaluate players. But what, at this point in hindsight, you know, what do you? How would you categorize this season for yourself and for the team?
4: Well, obviously, not a good season because we didn't at least make playoffs, which for me should be a must for for our franchise uh, because our standard is higher than just making playoffs. That's that's for sure. So in that sense, uh, it wasn't a good year for us and for me personally as a coach. Uh, Once I said that, and and yes...
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. clock
3: at four. Doncic, the step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and
1: even podcasts, whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
4: Real evaluation will take a little bit of uh, more time. Um, I can tell you that many, many things happened to this team throughout the season. Um, it, it seems when I started to kind of think how I'm going to analyse the season, it seems like there are like three different teams out there. The ones we started, then the injuries came and then we play kind of in the middle of the season. Uh, with a different team, uh, and then at the last part, we kind of have a little bit more consistency. So it's hard to evaluate the whole season or the players even individually where they, they lose a little bit their partners, right? So, uh, so it's, it's really hard for me now even to think how to evaluate the, the entire season. Uh, but we will do, we'll find the best way to evaluate everything uh, and for sure the objective and, and the, the beginning of 2023 is now. And, and now we will think in what we need to correct, what we need to do to make sure that next year is a great year. Uh, so I want to say that I really appreciate the fans today. They were all the way with us and uh, and their passion and the way they show today, even without anything to fight for in terms of playoffs or no playoffs, they showed uh, that they care about the team. They show that that they... They support us, so next year will be for them, and we will start today
0: and quickly, can you comment on Santiago Sosa suspension uh, the, the league report that yesterday
4: yeah, well first first saying that obviously it's, it's not an acceptable behavior or language that we want here in Atlanta United for sure that, starting with that uh, so we will we will make sure that all of us we we educate ourselves, or it's a good reminder for all of us to understand what is acceptable and what is not. Uh, Once I said that, because obviously that's number one. Number two is saying that uh, Santi knows what he did, knows that that's incorrect, and he apologized already. So I don't think, uh, I think it should be a a bigger process for all of us, not just Santi. So I want to focus on that because you probably know, Felipe, that in our Latin American cultures, those type of words, we were educated a little bit like that. So even though that's not acceptable, because I know that for sure, we have to re-educate a little bit our mindset on, on those terms. And uh, because, because I agree with, with those type of languages not being correct.
0: Coach, uh, a lot of the pre match focus, um, two questions actually, a lot of the pre match focus among fans was uh, whether Joseph would start, uh, considering the low stakes of the game and, and you know, they were not fighting for playoffs anymore. Um, yet he didn't. Um, first, why did you decide not to start him today? And second, uh, is Joseph still in your plans for next season?
4: Uh, well, the first one is uh, uh, the last part of of the season, I try to use Joseph in the most efficient way. And that's what I tried to do, uh, understanding many things that that went going after that surgery that he had in the middle of the season uh, or, well, at the beginning of the season. Uh, I tried to use him in the most effective way, which is the moments where we are dominating in the games, where we are in the final third, he doesn't need to do a lot of uh, long distance sprints or strides at high intensity, and I feel that that's the best way I could use Joseph in that part of the field. Knowing that Joseph is a big player, is a very good striker, but what happened after the surgery I felt that uh, I needed to manage in that way Joseph, so that's that's the decision not just today But the last few games where he hasn't start uh, But I still think he was a very valuable piece of the team because every time he came he the energy in the building Was a bit higher and he brings a lot of energy to create chances And and he carry on with one or two defenders inside the box and obviously he scored goals the last goal he scored against New England is a testament of that, and we were very happy about that fantastic goal that he scored. But my job is to take care of the 11 for 90 minutes. And that's what I try to do, not just this game, but in the last few games.
0: And can you comment oh. on the uh, second question?
4: Yes, and the plans. Well, I don't know, honestly, a little bit that goes with the with the question that Felipe asked about, you know, the whole season and the evaluation. We have to go through... a. A Very good process in terms of evaluating everything one of those things is the roster and the make of the roster Part of that is me part of that is in conjunction with Carlos because he knows contracts and all that so uh, We will have meetings and we will we will let you know uh, You know at some point probably what are the plans and, and we will see Just to follow up on that a little bit how far away is this roster in particular from being an MLS Cup winning caliber roster? Well, what roster? The one finish in the season or no the one started? <laughs> because it's different. It's very different. So which one? Both. Both? Okay. Uh, I feel that the, the first one that I started was closer a little bit than the second one. The second one came out of uh, a little bit the necessity due to many injuries and, uh, and we tried to to redo a lot of things we are a lot of without a lot of uh uh, salary cap so we tried to do what we could some of those uh, players that came in were very positive were obviously uh good signings for the team but i feel that you know once we regain or recoup brad guzzon miles robinson Ossie alonso and you know uh the stability of the team is better and i think that's a a championship caliber team obviously we have to see obviously another positions where we can even improve uh, the team but that will be part of the analysis that that I've, I've been telling you
3: all right make sure you check out the Atlanta United uh, social media channels and their YouTube page for all of Gonzalo post uh, postgame media He will explain everything to you. He gave us a ton of information there. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and kind of go through some of our reactions to that. You'll hear the highlights from today. A New York City 2-1 win over Atlanta United. Coming up next after this break on Star 94.
2: I'm Danny Poso. Welcome back to the full-time report. Last game of the season and not quite the outcome that we were hoping for. NYCFC led with two. Atlanta United, we got one goal in. Um, let's hear about the highlights from today. Jason, what do you think?
3: Yeah, let's try to make some sense of this uh, and hear how everything went down at the bends today. So, ninth minute. Great interplay from New York City. Tylus Magno and Gabriel Pereira gets the goal for the pigeons I'm not sure if we're hearing the goal I've lost return on my end um, that was in the ninth minute now Tylas Magno ended up getting injured late in the first half and had to leave. Looked like a separated shoulder. That's what we were thinking watching it. We did have a chance to catch up with Glenn Crooks from the NYC radio team. He's almost convinced it's a separated shoulder. We'll see if that takes Magno. Yeah, it's his first time, too. So we'll see if that takes him out of the postseason. Um, But he had to leave. Wondered how that would affect the attack. The person who came in to replace Tylus Magno got New York City's second goal, and this is what it sounded like, an assist from Alexander Callens to Eber in the 60th minute. Now, after that, Atlanta United had a lot of work to do, and you started to see the energy pick up a bit. The interplay was looking better for Atlanta in the final third. It just took so long for that to happen. The breakthrough for Atlanta to cut the lead in half, this is our hot play of the match presented by Scana. It was Andrew Gutman off of an assist, an incredible assist, from Tiago Almada, Atlanta's goal in the 67th minute. As I said, Andrew Koopman's goal was the Scana hot play of the match. For over 20 years, Scana Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 to sign up today. Now, we were watching the scoreboard around the Eastern Conference all day long, and it did come down to the wire. We know who's in the postseason now, Atlanta United, not in the postseason, ended up finishing 11th in the East. What did our final scores around the conference look like, Danny?
2: So it was 1-1, Chicago, New England, uh, 5-2 with a win from Cincinnati and D.C., 3-1, Montreal, one against Miami. Um, it was a 2-0 lead from the Red Bulls and Charlotte, the big one that we were, we all had our eyes on pretty much all day, waiting for the updates. It was tied for a little bit, and Orlando got the win 2-1 with Columbus. And then Philadelphia, 4-0 lead.
3: Philadelphia. Looks like
2: Toronto couldn't, uh, couldn't get a score. No,
3: big win over Toronto for Philadelphia. They get back on track after a big loss to Charlotte. Charlotte probably in the same situation as Atlanta United was. It's a little bit of disappointment. They go to Red Bull Arena. They get shut out. But that result, the Columbus-Orlando one, is the big one. And Orlando had to come from behind. They end up getting a second-half goal to win it. They had to win with Cincinnati winning. Orlando had to win to get in. They win their way into the postseason. Now, what that earns them is a trip to Montreal. They will travel to Montreal in the first round in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Inter-Miami will travel – it sounds like to Red Bull Arena to face New York City, although there is a possibility that maybe that gets moved to City Field if the Mets don't make it any further in the postseason. And <laughs> I'd love that. But anyway, uh, Cincinnati at Red Bull. So Red Bull Arena might be busy in the Eastern Conference playoffs and <laughs> Cincinnati has to travel to Harrison, New Jersey. That's the first round. Philadelphia gets the bye. They will end up coming in to the next round. But Orlando at Montreal, inter-Miami at New York City, and Cincinnati at the New York Red Bulls. That is your Eastern Conference playoff picture. Now, we do have games already in action out west. 20th minute, it looks like, for everybody. Seattle and San Jose, 1-1. Both teams are out of the postseason. That game doesn't mean anything. Real Salt Lake with an early goal hosting Portland. They need that in a big way. That's huge for Pablo Mastroini's side. Minnesota needs a win. They get the win 1-0 over Vancouver. They get the lead 1-0 over Vancouver in the 19th minute. LAFC and Nashville scoreless at Bank of California Stadium. Houston Dynamo 1-0 up on the LA Galaxy. That's a shock because Houston has been eliminated and fired their coach. So the LA Galaxy, they missed out on decision day last year, and they might be having some very bad flashbacks. Dallas scoreless with Sporting Kansas City, Austin, and Colorado also Scoreless. We're gonna take another break, come back and get your reaction to today, your reaction to 2022. Again, you can share your thoughts with us on Twitter at Star 94 Atlanta at Longshoe and at Danny Pulso underscore. More full-time report coming up next on Star
1: 94. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of the Fighter. Trick Responsibly, beer imported by Crowley Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I'm Danny Poso, and you're listening to the Post Game Full-Time Report with Jason Longshore. And Danny Poso. And Danny Poso. (laughs) First time this season. Nah, it's been fun. I like how that sounds. Yes.
3: (laughs) Atlanta United would like to remind you that for each Atlanta United clean sheet this season, they donated $2,000 to the Children's Health Care of Atlanta. This year's donation total will finish at $12,000. And thank you to everybody over at Children's Health Care of Atlanta for your support all year long and the support that you give to the Metro Atlanta community. I called for questions on Twitter. We've got a few questions and comments, and we'll, we'll give you our thoughts about it as well. Let's start with, with Drew Williams. Um, it's one of the big questions coming into the day. I think it's still one of the big questions ending the day. Have we seen Joseph Martinez's last match for Atlanta United? Now, Gonzalo Pineda talked about it a lot in his postgame comments. What would you take from it?
2: it's like the golden question it seems like of the the season really is is was this Josef's last game are we gonna see him in 2023 I mean he's led the team for for quite a while now um this season was tricky with his injury and surgery and I know that um Gonzalo spoke about the reason for not starting him was yeah. his his hopes to use him in the, or his strategy I should say to use him in the most efficient way after his surgery.
3: Efficient was a really interesting word to use. I, I think it's absolutely the correct word to use. Because as we saw all year, I felt like and remember like like I said earlier about Osvaldo Alonso, it was the D C United game, game five, where you lose Joseph Martinez for an extended period of time. He had to have a follow up procedure on the knee that he injured in early 2020. It took him a while after that to get going, but he wasn't the same player that maybe we started to see a little bit last year. Honestly, since the injury game one of 2020, which feels like forever ago, um, he hasn't been the same player.
2: So it's a tough question to answer. Yeah. And, and he hasn't, you're right about that. And is that, what do we think? Like, what, what are your thoughts? Is that uh you know getting back to trusting you know from from his injuries and kind of being having a little fear there or is that a, a synergy thing with the team and the season right now or is it a little bit of both
3: that's the that's the million dollar question and that's the one that really only joseph martinez can can answer um if he really can can even answer that because you have a knee injury like he had and any acl injury is potentially catastrophic um the, the science has, has evolved so much over the years that players are able to come back and not lose as much from an ACL injury. It used to be a career-ending injury. Yeah. He had the injury in 2020 right as the pandemic was hitting. He had the surgery in Pittsburgh, and it was a complicated recovery. And we didn't really know how complicated until the middle of 2021. Now, he had played he had been back um, he had a falling out with Gabriel Heinze, right as, as Gabriel Heinze had a falling out with the club and ended up uh, being relieved of his duties. But Joseph Martinez didn't start 2021 at 100% after the surgery. He had complications. Um, I don't know if he started 2022 at 100% pre-surgery. I don't know if he can get to 100%. Of where he was before the surgery, and then he had to have another follow-up procedure after multiple follow-up procedures in the first and that's year. That's a
2: lot to go through. <laughs> it
3: is, and it's a lot, and, and it's a lot to go through on a lot of levels. There's a lot to go through physically. It's a lot to go through emotionally. And Joseph talked about it last year. He thought about retiring because he didn't know if he'd be able to play. So there's a lot going on there. I think a lot of people have fixated on Gonzalo Pineda suspending. Well, not just Gonzalo Pineda. The club suspending Joseph Martinez after the game in Portland. You you can't, as Gonzalo said, you can't allow that expectation to be set that, as was reported after that game, that there was an incident in the locker room and a table of food's flipped over. You can't allow that to go without a punishment, no matter yeah. who it is. And that's what the club decided to do. Gonzalo has said all year long that he feels like he can – get the most out of Joseph Martinez. He can play Joseph Martinez. He doesn't have a personal issue with Joseph Martinez. I think the question is not between the two of them, as a lot of people have tried to paint it. Um, does that factor in? Sure. I mean, you want to know if is going to roll with Joseph next year and have him be your num- your starting number nine. I don't know if he will or not. I don't know if he can or not.
2: Well, you know, I, I agree with what you said. I don't think, I think people are trying to paint this picture that might not necessarily be the case, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's for the dramatics of it, you know, we always need well, to throw some of that in, well. into it, but I agree. And I don't, I think that if, if Joseph was at, you know, a hundred percent and, and is capable and, 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 you know, confident after all the surgeries, the injuries, all of that, um, I could see Gonzalo making the decision to, to put him back how he's used to playing.
3: I can too. I absolutely can. And I think he tried to get him there at different points this season and it just wasn't there. So he had to be more efficient with getting the best out of Joseph Martinez. I think the the question is not about can Gonzalo Pineda and Joseph Martinez coexist. Yes, I, I think for all the conversation as well about Joseph Martinez, you know, butting heads with coaches as he has with every coach in Atlanta United. He's also played really well for Atlanta United. So that's just how some situations are, and that's okay. Butting heads is fine if you're producing. That's fine. The question is, can he produce at the level that the club needs him to? That's what it's going to come down to, and Drew, I wish I had an answer for you, and I love I love fairy tale endings. I love that a legend at the club gets to go out on their own terms and gets to say goodbye on the field and, and play their whole career in the same place. I, I love those stories, but unfortunately, professional sports rarely give you those, so... I don't know if we've seen the last of Joseph Martinez in an Atlanta United kit. That will be one of the storylines of the off season. Will Secor hits on one of the the storylines of 2022, and he he said kind of what we were saying. This was a microcosm of the season: an early goal conceded, a goal conceded off a set piece, a goal by Andrew Gutman to give us hope, some attacking excitement in the second half that we just couldn't put away, and to top it off, a goalkeeper injury, which we've had a lot of this year. I mean, I think I think Will's dead on and and it's just the most 2022 way to end the 2022 regular season was today
2: yeah yeah it was an interesting game
3: it had a lot of back and forth it had some really good moments from atlanta united i I thought tiago almada's assist on on Gutman's goal absolutely brilliant i thought you saw kind of what we've seen the last month six weeks of luis adaruju where he's been really effective in some parts of the field but not the final product you saw what Andrew Gutman has given you all year long, and and what, you know, Mike. One of my questions for next season will be: Is Andrew Gutman the starting left back, or is Caleb Wiley the starting left back, or do we do a little bit of what we saw this year, where it's both of them playing a lot at different times? Um, I, I think the set piece issue. Yeah, you give up a goal off a set piece. If you get a consistent lineup in 2023, and this is ultimately, this is what I'm going to end the segment with. Ultimately. You saw Atlanta United play the same starting lineup three games in a row one time in
2: 2022. One time. That's insanity. Yeah. I mean, even Gonzalo, when asked about the roster, had to ask which one in postgame. And and I know that people don't want to hear
3: it and they don't want to hear about injuries and they think it's an excuse and a cheap excuse and all this stuff. But when you're only able to field. A continuous lineup in three games. And by the way, those three games you didn't lose. You won two, and you tied the best team in the East in Philadelphia here at the Benz where you thoroughly outplayed them. Andre Blake stands on his head, has a great game. You don't get the win. Those three games were three of your best games all year. You weren't able to play the same team consistently. The team at the end of the season doesn't even look like the team at the beginning in terms of makeup. That's with three different teams, is what they mentioned. Yeah, it was one to start. It's crazy. Then it was one kind of figuring it out with the pieces that you had. And then it was one in the second half when you added Rios Novo back in. You added Porata. You shifted things around a little bit. You played three center backs with Andrew Gutman as that kind of joker center back where he would bomb forward when he could and you had cover. You had to evolve and put this team together with paper clips, with duct tape, with chewing gum. Anything you could find to hold it together in field and field an 11, Gonzalo Pineda had to do that this year. I think, personally, if you give him a consistent. whatever <laughs> consistent, consistent lineups, whatever good luck items you have, you need to recommend them to the club. They can put them in the locker room. They can put them on the training ground. Whatever will get this bad energy of injuries away. So you can have Gonzalo Pineda actually be able to build a style of play, which we saw a good bit. But if you can get to the next level of that style of play, more rotations, more players getting forward, you can only do that with consistent lineups. And he only got the opportunity to do that one time, one three-game run, where they won two, including a win at Orlando, and they drew one. If you can give him that next year, I think Atlanta United is a contender for MLS Cup in 2023. I don't know what the roster looks like. I don't think it's going to be incredibly different, although there will be some changes. But more than anything, if you get health, good health, and consistent lineups, Gonzalo Pineda will have this team in a spot where they will contend to win a title, in my opinion.
2: I agree. And I'm glad you said that because, you know, we do have to highlight the fact that he essentially played three different teams and really had to do the best with what he was given. And that's not an excuse. It's it's what happened. It's real life. There were a lot of unprecedented, uh, you know, circumstances that arose this season, and and it's tough.
3: It's it's real tough. And it's a lot tougher than you think because it's not just the lineup on the field. It's how you train. It's what you can work on in training. It's the comfort level. It's the trust of the guys around you. It's so many things that teams who can have the same lineup play together game after game after game get better and better and better. And that's what Atlanta United lacked in 2022. And you saw elements of that today. One more segment on the full-time report coming up after this on Star 94. Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the last time in the 2022 Atlanta United MLS season. This is weird. We've only had this a couple of times where we've been talking about the last game here at the Benz and talking about it in this way. It's a sad day. Um it's a season that I think had a lot of promise that we didn't really ever get to see because the the lineup and the injuries and all the chaos of 2022. Atlanta United had a game that kind of displayed all that chaos, losing 2-1 today to New York City, who goes on into the MLS Cup playoffs. Atlanta United will start to prepare for 2023. Um, you ask in the break, Danny, about kind of what the timeline is going forward, and, and it's something probably a lot of fans are asking. Now that the season is over, I don't have the MLS timelines in front of me, but decisions on options will have to be taken fairly quick. Um, as teams get eliminated from the postseason, they have a, a window to make those decisions, and now Atlanta United is in that window. So we don't know every player that's under an option. We don't know every option, if it's club option or player option, et cetera, et cetera. But you're going to start to hear announcements about the 2023 roster. Honestly, fairly soon, a lot sooner than we've ever had in Atlanta. There's also going to be a friendly that was announced by Aberdeen. It's likely going to be Academy and second team players on November 16th. That's going to be behind closed doors, but we are working on a stream for that, so stay tuned to ATLUTD on your social media platforms for an update. I gotta get some final thoughts from you. Your first time in the booth, Danny. Thank you, first off, for hanging out and making this a lot easier for me on our last match day, flying solo. But
2: thank you for having me. I hope I made it easier. You did. You absolutely <laughs> first time, did. time, the nerves were high, but it was a lot of fun, and I really, really enjoyed it. Thank what, you for having me.
3: What was the experience like for you?
2: Um, it was great. You know, it was really interesting. Like you said, just in general, as a club, we've never really had a game like this, so it was yeah. interesting for you know my first time in the box and. And seeing a game where we're coming in and, you know, I don't want to say, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like you said, it does matter internally, but as far as playoffs, you know, not making it. Um, but it was fun and, and I'm really, really excited, actually, to see what 2023 looks like. And I think that's the overarching, like, theme mm-hmm. lately is all eyes on 2023. Like you said, the timeline, I think that's what we're all waiting for as fans is, okay, who are we playing with who's recovered from injuries who is leaving or yeah. staying um and i think in general you know we see a lot of potential in a lot of the players
3: i do too and there's a lot of young players with a ton of yeah. potential that i think are going to be really really important
2: caleb wiley Armada. Um, Edwin, you know, I know he's still just starting out, but yeah. I'm really excited to see. And maybe it's the Colombian thing, but I'm just really <laughs> excited to see. I, I feel like he has an opportunity to really grow with the club. Same. Um, I'm really excited so I to hope, see his I hope to see that next season.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a fun ride in 23. It's going to be a little while. It looks like the first weekend in February is when the regular season will kick off in 2023. Preseason Probably fairly early in January, and hopefully, we'll have some preseason games on 92 9 The Game. Hopefully, stay tuned on all of that. Make sure you're following at Longshoe, at Mike Conti 929, at 929 The Game, at Star 94 Atlanta. And thank you to everybody at Star 94 for letting us hang out on your airwaves today. I've got to give some thank yous to end the 2022 season to everybody who has helped us deliver these broadcasts this year. Thank you to Matt Moore, everyone at the comm staff for Atlanta United uh, making it easy. First off, thanks to Matt for giving us the opportunity to do this and thank you to everybody at the comm staff and everybody with the club for just making it easy for us to do what we do. You know, we get a chance to travel on road trips, and, and and call the games when we can actually get the windows to open, unlike Gillette last week. That's a whole other story for another time. When we can you know, get in these stadiums and deliver the best broadcast we possibly can, and we couldn't do that without the support of everybody at Atlanta United. Thank you to everybody at the club for allowing us to be part of it. Thank you to our primary engineer most of the season here at home, Miller Pope. He's down in Tampa with the Atlanta Falcons today. Thank you to Jeff Lorenowitz. For filling in with me earlier this season. Thank you to Orn Remain, who's producing today back in the studio. Thank you to our regular producer, Dylan Matthews, who was over on the Falcon side of things today. Thank you to today's on-site engineer, John Kramer, filled in multiple times the season. It's just such a huge help. We're we're really lucky to get to do what we do, and we're really lucky to get to deliver these broadcasts to you guys, the fans. And thank you for all the interactions on social media all year long. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being part of it. We will be back in 2023 on 92.9 The Game, and maybe sometimes on Star 94. So for the last time in 2022, for Danny Poso, I am Jason Longshore, signing off on another season for Atlanta United. Today's final was NYCFC2 Atlanta United
0: 1. We will
3: see you all in 2023.